Well, no matter how strong your goals are, you're going to need grace to get by in the future. You need God's grace. I like to say to graduates, you can have anything in life you want, you know, within reason. You can have most anything you want in this life, but you can't have everything. And what you decide you want, there's a price to be paid. And the price that we have received payment for that we do not deserve is the very grace of God. And grace is different from mercy. Grace is God's unmerited favor. God doing more for us than we expect. God giving to us far above and beyond what we need. God providing for us more than what we need. Mercy is God withholding from us what we deserve. So grace gives us more than we deserve. Mercy withholds what we deserve. And what we deserve is the punishment of our sin, but God's mercy has stepped in there to withhold from us the very punishment for our sin. And so today I want to focus on grace so that you will hopefully appreciate more today the grace of God in your life and that you would seek the grace of God for the future. There are two passages of Scripture I want to read. One is on the board, uh, will be on the slide. Uh, the other is will not be on the slide, but I want to read it to you. Because when you receive the grace of God, you begin your journey as a disciple of the Lord. And this salvation experience in Christ that he's going to talk about is called justification. Uh, justification means you are made right with God by the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. And as God the Father looks to you and to me, He sees Jesus in us. And we are accepted as children of God by the grace of God shed for us when Christ died for us on the cross. The grace of God continues in our life in an aspect we call sanctification. Sanctification is your growing up in Christ, our maturing in Christ. And we need grace of God, first of all, to be saved and to be justified. And secondly, we need the grace of God to continue to grow in Christ and to become who He wants us to be. So there's sanctification for salvation, and then there's sanctification, I mean, there's a grace for salvation, and then there's grace for sanctification. In chapter 2 of Ephesians, beginning in verse 8, the Apostle Paul writes, For by grace you've been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. So we receive justification and salvation through the grace of God by faith in Christ and faith alone in Him. We continue in that grace for our sanctification or growing in Christ and I want to read a passage from 1 Peter chapter 5 because this is so significant in understanding the role of grace in everyday Christian walk and discipleship. Uh, the Apostle Peter writes, after you have suffered for a little while the God of all grace, the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself perfect, confirm, strengthen, 
and establish you. That is called sanctification. To be become whole or made complete or perfect. To be confirmed, meaning that we are made right with God. To be strengthened for the task and the courage to do what is right. And to be established so that we're not thrown to and fro by every doctrine, but instead we have our foundation in Christ. Today I want to speak about the grace of God, the doctrine of God's grace. Next Sunday is Memorial Day weekend. I'm going to talk about grace again, but how grace operates in grief. And uh, this is a message uh, that comes from my heart and uh, my personal experience, Linda's personal experience having gone through a deep grief in our life. And I uh, want to share some insights with you that might bless you next Sunday as we uh, develop this idea of grief and the grace of God. But for today, understand that grace has a price that only God could pay. Grace has a price that only God could pay. The most expensive thing in the world is grace. It cost God everything so that you and I could receive freely His mercy and His love and His forgiveness of our sin. God gave Himself completely in our Savior Jesus Christ and it cost Him everything. Listen to the scripture talk about the price of God's grace. Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7, in Him we have redemption through His blood. The blood that Christ gave when He died on the cross is the source and the price that was paid for our redemption of sin. We have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace. According to the riches of His grace. The depth and the richness of God's grace is more than enough to cover for our sin. Apostle Paul would argue, he would say, well now, is it true that we are to continue to sin, that grace may abound and we have more, and we have more grace? And he said, no. He said, we are to live a righteous life, appreciating and being grac uh, grateful for the very grace of God that has given to you and to me salvation. But I think as we move along in this Christian life, in this role of sanctification, we are lured back into sin. And so often we think, well, I can get away with uh, a little bit of sin here and a little bit of sin there because I'm living under the grace of God and I really don't have to worry about any consequences. Folks, don't you be fooled. The Bible says, according to the book of 1 Peter, that judgment starts in the house of God. And uh, you and I, while we live under this grace of God, and while we are free from our sin, and while we have redemption through His blood and all of these blessings, we are not to take for granted, nor do we test God by dabbling into sin, thinking that, well, my sins are covered, I don't have to worry about it, I'm free to go. That kind of living, uh, that kind of of, of uh, living is, is, a, is a false doctrine. Because under that kind of living, you can do anything you want to, and you're still covered by, by the grace of God. You are covered by the grace of God, but you also inherit and receive 
this built-in judgment that comes with every act of sin. See, when God made this world, he created it a moral world. And he gave to us the Ten Commandments. And the Ten Commandments give us moral guidance based in two parts. The first half is our relationship to God. The second half of the Ten Commandments, the last five, uh, concerns our relation with each other. In this moral universe, in this moral world, any time we transgress the Ten Commandments, we experience the wrath of God. We experience the pain of separation. We experience the pain of, um, of, of hurt, uh, broken relationships, anytime we sin against God or sin against each other. And so it is built into God's world for us to experience the pain of our judgment whenever we take the grace of God for granted. So let us not take the grace of God for granted, thinking that we can do whatever we want to do and we're covered by the grace of God. God has built into the world consequences consequences for uh, uh, disobeying the rules and the morals of the world that he made. The price of God's grace displayed on the cross at Calvary is a beautiful picture of the extreme extravagant love that we owe to God. We don't serve him now in order to receive this grace. We serve him now because we've already received this grace and we live in this grace and we're motivated by gratitude to God to serve him and to live for him in a way that pleases, that pleases him. What then is the purpose of God's grace? What does God's grace do for us in our life? Well, one thing, grace stabilizes a person's life. Stay, grace will bring you back to balance. Grace makes life serious. It's never just a carnival to be played out. Life is precious because it's been purchased at an infinite price. Grace makes life serious. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, 3, For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. And so grace makes us stable. When we appreciate the grace of God, we're back on track with how we are to live, and we're no longer lured by the uh, temptations of this world, but instead we live grateful lives, and life has a purpose and a meaning. It is God's amazing grace that transforms our life, our desires, our behavior, our motivation. And in so doing, he makes our life and our lifestyle attractive to the world. The world wants to be like us because they see something in us they cannot find anywhere else. And that's the transforming work of the grace of Almighty God. I want to speak for a minute about the power also of God's grace. When Adam and Eve sinned, they needed grace. It was God who gave them grace when he sowed the fig leaves and gave it to them to cover them up and to cover their sin. After they sinned, they needed grace, and God provided that grace. 
after Adam and Eve, uh, Noah came along, and Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And the Bible says that God brought Noah and his family inside the ark, and God closed the door from the outside. That was the grace of God for Noah. Noah needed grace, and he found grace in the eyes of God. Moses was called of God to go to Pharaoh and speak to him about deliverance and letting his people go. And Moses says, I have a problem, God. I, I can't talk plain. I'm, I stutter, and I, and I need some help. And God gave him Aaron, and God provided Moses grace. And so Moses needed grace, and Moses was given grace in order to carry out the very assignment that God gave to him. God spoke to Isaiah when he was in the temple. And Isaiah worshiped the Lord. And, uh, and Isaiah confessed as he saw the Lord and he heard those angels call out, Holy, holy, holy art thou, Lord God Almighty. And uh, Isaiah confessed that he had sinned and he lived among a people of unclean lips. And God brought a coal and God put that coal on his lips. And through that hot coal, God forgave the sins of Isaiah. And he sent him to prophesy. And from that day forward, he, he would be a prophet to bring to the nations the good news of the grace of God. Isaiah needed grace. He knew he was a sinful man living among sinful people. And God gave him that grace. In the New Testament, we find the Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. Father, if it be your will, take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And the Father gave him grace. Grace that he would continue on with the assignment that the Lord had given to him. And he would not quit, and he would not falter, but he would be faithful until the very end. And he did. The Apostle Paul wrote about in his lifetime that during his ministry, there was given to him, there was entrusted to him, a thorn in the flesh. This thorn in the flesh might have been the Pharisees and, and religious leaders who always followed him, trying to debate him and to destroy his mission and his assignment. And uh, Moses, I mean, uh, Paul prayed, God, could you just remove this thorn? It, it might have been an illness. Some say that Paul uh, did not see very well. There are uh, several times in the scriptures that Paul mentions, see how I'm writing with my own handwriting, my own large handwriting, indication that he might have not been able to see very well. But God did not remove from him those obstacles. Instead, the Lord gave him grace. Paul needed grace, and God got him through it. There are times in your life and mine when we will be disappointed that we cannot, because of certain obstacles, do what we want to do. I know in my own life I've had to go through a colectomy. I don't have a colon. I had that taken out. I wear an ostomy bag. And I need the grace of God because the worst fear I have in the world is spilling. And I live with that fear all the time. And if you'll watch me from time to time, I'm checking it to make sure that I don't have any spillage. 
And I say, Lord, I, I need your grace. The grace to keep going. I didn't want this. I didn't ask for it. But by the grace of God, I'm alive today. And by the grace of God, I'm here. And I'm still here. I actually prayed one time, God, take away from me this problem that I have. And God said to me, I'll take care of it all right. And I'll do it my way. And he did. About two years ago, I was having spillage like you wouldn't believe. And then a friend of mine who was my uh, home nurse, home health nurse, called me up and suggested that I change to another kind of pouch. And I did, and it solved my problem. That is the grace of God. So I want to encourage you today and, and bring good news to you today to say to you, that while you are going to face certain obstacles in your life, these are moments of sanctification. These are moments of suffering that you will encounter, that you will call upon the grace of God, and you will celebrate saying, God, I pray now more than I've ever prayed before because I've needed your grace. I needed to know that you're there. I need to know that you'll come through for me. And that you'll give me enough to complete my assignment that you have given to me. Peter wrote, after you've suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. I remember one year I decided I would fly an airplane from Natchitoches, Louisiana to Waco, Texas not to Waco, but to Abilene, Texas. On the way to Abilene, Texas, as the night drew dark, uh, we lost the battery on our airplane because we lost the alternator on our airplane. And inside the cabin of that little airplane, it was getting dark, and I asked my brother, I said, turn on that flashlight that's under your seat, and we've got to land this airplane somewhere. I had actually flown off the map. I couldn't find where we were on the map. And in front of me was a town that had an airport like green and white like that going around and around. I said, that's where we're going and that's where we're going to land. I had no comm, no communication, no navigation. Everything electric on my plane had, had, had stopped. I needed the grace of God. We kept flying toward that uh, airport sign that airport signal <clears throat> and when we got there I just kind of flew around the airport at night uh, you're supposed to talk to the, to the tower and let them know that you're there and get instructions for landing but I couldn't talk to anybody so I picked out a runway and I set her down upwind or, or downwind I should say should, should, you're supposed to land upwind but I landed downwind it floated and floated and floated and I said God I need your grace and I sat down on the runway. Pulled into the terminal there and the mechanic came out and I said, where are we? <laughs> he said, you're in Waco, Texas. I said, oh my gosh, I'm not supposed to be in Waco, Texas. But I need to get this airplane fixed. Can you fix it? He said, yeah, you need an alternator. And he called up to uh, Dallas and had one flown down there to Waco the next day. And he fixed it, and we were back on our way, unhindered. We could have crashed very easily. 
but God kept us alive by His grace. I needed grace, and God gave it. Yeah, there's going to be obstacles you face in your lifetime, but whatever you're facing, God can match it with His grace. God's grace is abundant. God's grace is available. God is wanting you to complete His assignment for you in your lifetime that He has for you. It may be cancer you're dealing with. It may be um, relationship issues that you're dealing with. It may be some professor in school that's not agreeing with you and y'all not getting along together. You will get through it by the grace of God. That's how real, that's how active, that's how transformative the grace of God is. Today we give this hymn of, we sing this hymn of invitation and I give you this opportunity to invite Christ into your life and say, Lord, I need your grace. Forgive me my sin. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. It may be that it's time to start a a new walk with the Lord at Ekron Baptist Church and God's called you here and it's time for you to join up, join in and begin to serve again. Whatever God's called you to do, do it by His grace because He's available if you will let Him. Will you join me in prayer? Father, we thank You for Your love and mercy and Your grace that's more than sufficient. We ask, oh God, You'll continue to lead in this invitation time that decisions will be made that will bring glory unto You. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to the Sunday morning worship service of the Ekron Baptist Church. You too can accept the eternal life offered by Jesus Christ. First, admit that you are a sinner. Then believe that Jesus Christ can forgive you of your sins and ask Him to come into your heart and change your life. Then confess your faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. If you've made this decision today, write to us at the Ekron Baptist Church, 2775 Hayesville Road, Ekron, Kentucky, 40117. If you're looking for a church home, we invite you to be a part of our growing family with programs and Bible studies for all ages. Join us next Sunday at 11 a.m. for morning worship from the Ekron Baptist Church. Until that time, may God bless.